Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you interested in angels, demons, spirits, ghosts, and monsters? Are you curious about their origins, tales, and influence upon history and on the present day? If so, sit back, relax, and welcome to Southern Demonology, the podcast that explores all of this and more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Southern Demonology. And as always, I'm your host, JJ. I apologize for the lengthy time between the last episode and this one. My day job has become a great deal more complex and involved, and I've needed to devote the majority of my time to it. But we do have a doozy of a topic lined up for today, so I hope that helps make up for some of that absence. There are various holy or significant numbers to Christianity and Catholicism. The number three, for example, is represents the Trinity. The number seven, for archangels. And there are numerous other examples. But if you flip the holy to unholy, then I posit that there is another number of mystery, exempting the number six for obvious reasons. And that would be the number two. In fact, both are less, are one less than their holy counterparts on purpose to show their inferiority. But back to the number two. For example, when it comes to exorcism, most know of the right of person, where a priest through church approval seeks to expel an invading demon who has taken control of that person. For more information on that particular topic, please refer to a previous episode of mine entitled Demonic Gateways. However, there is a second rite of exorcism listed in the ritual, and that is possession of place. Demons are by definition preternatural, i.e. they are bound by time, location, or both. And this is not a recent development worth of thinking. Even going back to First Enoch, we find that the spirits of the Nephilim were trapped on earth as they were a mixture of spirit and flesh. And due to this limitation, we find that this type of exorcism is not only logical, but is also needed. Yet the types of exorcism is not the only place where the number two rears its ugly head. And yes, in case you're wondering... 
I am trying very, very hard not to devolve into dad joke potty humor. <laughs> Possession is not the only toolkit in a demon's arsenal. Before I go further, I want to take a minute to express my deep gratitude for all the people in our Discord community. If you've ever had the misfortune of delving into the comments section of any website, whether it be Reddit or YouTube or any of the millions of others, then all the negativity in the world is right at your fingertips. And the fact that the word doom scrolling has entered into our common parlance, it just gives you an idea of how bad this can be. But our server is filled with honest questions and good people and it fosters so many positive conversations if you would like to join and be a part of that simply go to the website at southerndemonology.com and click on the link either at the top of the page or in the community section anyway the reason i brought that up one of our Discord members had mentioned an older interview with Malachi Martin, the former Jesuit priest who also penned the book Hostage to the Devil, along with many others. And I know that y'all have heard me talk about this book at length before. I tracked that interview down on YouTube, and in it he mentioned demonic obsession. And my ears immediately perked up as A... I've read Martin's Hostage to the Devil quite a few times, and I was unaware of this term. Uh, even when going back and searching the digital edition, I noticed that this term is not used in that book. And B, it's a topic in which, just in general, I am not familiar with. And so I went back and did some research. Now, if someone in our time heard the word obsession than typically an ad for a perfume, or perhaps the psychological state of a former significant other comes to mind. From a psychological perspective, the word, of course, refers to being negatively fixated upon something or someone. But for the demonic, it has a slightly different meaning. And for that, we need to go back to the Latin obsidiare, meaning to besiege. As possession is an attack from within, obsession is an attack from without, from outside, making it the polar opposite. Thus, the demonic, even though not attempting to coerce one's free will, is able to make one beyond miserable. Yet, we, we do need to clear up some concepts. Martin Lump's all outside attacks under one moniker of obsession. Yet others, such as Father Francisco Belmonte, president of the International Association of Exorcists, further subdivides outside attacks into two categories, obsession and oppression. In this case, obsession is where the demonic forces one to fixate upon the unholy. According to Father Belamonte, a demon, quote, is able to communicate obsessive thoughts or images that are at times rationally absurd to the victim's mind, i.e. the imagination and the memory, 
but which they are not able to ward off, unquote. And this is different from psychological neuroses such as OCD. Mental obsession can be insidious in that the beleaguered person can be bombarded with either unholy imagery or the impulse to do bodily harm to oneself or to others. And though we've all heard of cheap defense cases where the defender claims the devil made me do it, the reality is much more frightening. If a person is truly under demonic possession, obsession, excuse me, then there's no escape from the prison of one's mind. To have the same images and thoughts pumped into one's head and memories from an outside force. That's hell on earth. Whereas obsession is a mental attack, oppression, or often called vexation, is, quote, physical aggressions of demons against a person which may manifest in burns, scratches, bites, beatings, and blows that leaves bruises, swelling, bloody sores, or bone fractures. Some have experienced letters, words, or symbols appearing as incisions on their skin. These persist for a time and then disappear, unquote. Whether or not outside attacks are lumped under the classification of obsession or are broken into two categories, obsession and oppression, two things are made clear. First, these types of attacks are much more common than possession. The second is that they still require the assistance of an exorcist. Further, due to the mental nature of, of, of obsession, the rigorous diagnosis of the true source of a particular malady is absolutely critical. Having medical and psychological exams from multiple neutral sources is needed to ensure that the source is one that an exorcist is able to treat. If an individual in question is suffering from mental issues that arose from more mundane sources, such as trauma, then a priest will not be able to help except for offering sympathy and solace in God's love. Now, I do want to go back to that interview between Malachi Martin and Art Bell that happened back in the 90s. If you've ever read Martin's Hostage to the Devil or other related accounts of exorcism, then you will walk away sure of one thing. Exorcisms take a huge toll on the exorcist to the point where they could rob a priest of almost everything up to and including life. You can almost imagine that the love of life, the love of others, is a well of finite resources. And each time an exorcism occurs, then some of that water is scooped out, never to be replaced again. 
Yet in that interview, Martin claims to have dealt with thousands of cases of obsession and hundreds of possession. Now, I have never met Malachi Martin before his death or anyone else who had known him personally. So I can't testify to the veracity of his words. But those numbers, if true, are absolutely shocking. And I mean to the point of being completely unbelievable. I'm not saying such magnitude is impossible, but it does call into question, if true, just how draining one exorcism can potentially be. And all of this is just one of the many issues when defining or categorizing any knowledge of the spiritual. For it's all experiential in nature and shallow to boot. And by shallow, I mean that the ripples that radiate out from a particular experience are individual in nature. Yes, there are old cases. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Of, you know, hundreds of people being afflicted by dancing melodies which were claimed to be of demonic nature. But in these modern times, they touch one person or five people or ten people, but it really doesn't go beyond that. And unless there is complete video proof or audio proof or something along those lines, there's not much of a way to be able to point to someone and say here is definitive proof here is complete evidence rather it's just tales that are told from one person to a next and yes some of those may be over radio or tv or youtube channels or whatever you know sorts of mediums that you really want to have but the person who is on the receiving end of that experience it's still an individual.
And this actually calls to mind a few other topics that were discussed in our Discord. You know, if you've read Martin's book, and it, it is a phenomenal book, uh, I'm not trying to detract away from that. The, the tales that were told are chilling, to say the least. I mean, my God, in college, when I first read it as part of a, a, religious, a religion class assignment, I was petrified for months. And I'm a person who watches horror movies like they're candy. I mean, I still do. But uh, he talks about two concepts in the book. Uh, the first one are those who are, quote-unquote, perfectly possessed. And then these individuals, it's not a case where a demon subverts someone's free will and overtakes their body, but rather the demon is welcomed in. And rather than subverting it augments the person. And the experience of, of meeting one of these people is meant to be chilling and off-putting. But he freely admits that there's no way to prove it. And the second type of thing is you have demonic possession, but you can also have an avatar of a demon who is seeking to essentially wear down a host until its master can infiltrate and actually bring around a possession. And both of these items can't be proven by, by his own admission. They cannot be proven. And the fact that we have these two suppositions, and I'm not saying that they're not legit, but you have to consider the source. If you're studying something, but the subject matter at hand is meant to deceive, how far can you really take that forward? Anyway, um, I personally am a believer and possession and of exorcism and of demons and I can't think of a scarier thing than these items so I, I'm not trying to call into question items that surround this but I do want to highlight the kind of open mind 
that someone has to have when examining these particular things. If something strikes you as being odd or not true, you have to be able to examine it and question it. If someone says that something is cannot ever be questioned, then you have to look at the intent of the person who is saying that. Anyway, these topics have always been fascinating. And to be able to... Before, I was only truly aware of, of possession itself. But to have two different categories, possession and obsession... Or if you subdivide that into obsession and oppression. And in fact, uh, Father Bellamonte even posits that there could be a fourth, which is demonic subjugation. You've got a really interesting mix of things that are happening. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this brief introduction into this concept of demonic obsession. And if you have any questions about this or around the two different types of exorcism that is found in the Roman ritual, then, you know, feel free to contact me, uh, you know, of course, through our Facebook, which is Southern Demonology, uh, through direct messaging, which is Southern Demonology at gmail.com or on our Discord server um, where we have lots of people ask questions and uh, uh, it's not just me who answers, but Everybody contributes to the discussion, which is great. And even better, privacy is ultimately respected. Um, you know, I, I, I do have some friends on there, but I'm not revealing anything about them. I don't reveal anything about myself. I don't expect anyone else to reveal their information. Uh, if someone happens to give something forth, then fantastic. But no one's ever going to compel you to. Um, but anyway, uh, we ha have multiple ways of being able to get a hold of me uh, and ask questions. So please feel free to do so. Um, and as always, when talking about the demonic when talking about things that can have their eyes being drawn to you I highly recommend saying a prayer having religious artifacts around anything that can help preserve you and in that spirit as usual we're going to do a quick recitation of the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. To close this episode out, I do have a horror movie recommendation that I would like to make. I was really pleasantly surprised. If you happen to have a subscription to Shudder, which they have a 
large amount of cruft on their service and their website is slow as ever living hell but they do produce their own movies which some of them are phenomenal like the terrifiers but the one i want to talk about today is anything for jackson it's not that there's a ton of gore and it's not that it trods, uh, you know, completely new ground. But what it does is show a couple, an older couple, who have devoted their entire life to evil for the sake of love. And if you ever played D&D... They they kind of just perfectly remind me of the alignment class of lawful evil. Two people that follow the rules, but have turned to nefarious purposes to achieve their goal. And that goal is to essentially resurrect their dead grandson, Jackson, by kidnapping a pregnant woman... And seeking to replace her child with their grandchild. It's very well done. The characters are extremely believable. The acting is great. Um, if you have Shudder, highly recommend it. If not, the free subscription for seven days or however much they do um, is very good. And also, if you do have Shudder coming up, uh, they have announced that the second season of Creepshow is coming out, which is just going to be awesome. No, I do not uh, get paid for endorsing Shudder or any other service, because I am, don't have that many listeners. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I hope you take it as being an honest recommendation. I, I really did enjoy the movie. So, that is all that I have for this episode. Uh, I know it runs maybe five minutes shorter than normal. Uh, I apologize for that. I'm still trying to get into the groove of everything here. Uh, But I hope that you're staying safe. uh, That you're taking all relevant precautions until we can get all, all get vaccinated. And hopefully return to a little bit of normalcy to our daily lives. But stay safe. And if you need anything, feel free to reach out and I'll do whatever I can. You can find us on Facebook, uh, on Discord. We have a Patreon community. If you really want some swag with our logo on it, then uh, I do have some hoodies and shirts and a mug. Um, So you can find all of that on both the website and on uh, the Facebook group. Um, or if you really want to help contribute and support, uh, support this podcast, then feel free to join our Patreon group and you'll get some nice little bonuses in there as well. So excuse the advertising, but, uh, hope you have a great night and we'll talk to you next time.